This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. I was just gonna, you know, grade my lunch, eat a few tests, and hope for the best. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is Flubber from 1997. Katie, what's this movie? Um, this is basically the same movie that we watched the week before. However, it has Robin Williams, and it's like a thousand times better than that movie was. <laughs> Yeah, and like lots, like I don't even know how much less sexism. Like it's so much better than the last movie we watched. It's not in the early '60s. Um, I pulled six. Uh, I pulled '60s. I pulled history from this one. See, it's just the '60s it keeps dragging us back. We're trying to work through that decade. Um, no, we're in the '90s now for this episode. Um, the history. There's almost no history around this movie when I looked into it. I mean, there's little bits and pieces here and there, but like this falls into one of those sections of the '90s where it's like this movie just kind of exists and it has like a cast list and a summary and you can look up the, you know, a little bit about the gross of it, but there's just not a whole lot of production history to this one because nobody's dug into it or there wasn't a good like recording of that production history at the time. So I can run through this pretty quick. Um, it's basically just the critical reception. So like the critical reception was basically negative. It was fairly negative on this movie. The Rotten Tomatoes score is not good these days either. If you look at it, um, that being said, this was still a box office success for Disney and it grossed $178 million. Wow. That's the history. Like that's it. (laughs) The rest of it is just like in the movie itself with the cast and the crew and all that. Um, so high level thoughts. what do you think of this one, Katie? Uh, this movie was so much better than the other one. Yes. Um, the casting was really good for this one. Um, because, like, not only did they get Robin Williams, right, to play the professor, but they also, like, the person who plays Sarah is very well known, seen her in a bunch of TV shows and movies. Um, the two guys that play the, like, thug guys. Yeah. They were, that's like their, <laughs> like, who they always play in most movies. I don't know their names, but they're like Hollywood that guys yes no i felt the same yeah and then they cast um so the the guy who plays the other professor from redford um that's shooter mcgavin from happy gilmore <laughs> yep <laughs> when i and saw he's him a really good like sleazeball in that role too he's such good casting exactly like he plays a sleazy uh, like a sleazeball guy like really really well and so he was perfect to play that role um and the professor sucks so much less in this movie. So Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, so Robin Williams is such a good, like, physical actor, and he really brings that to this performance. Like, especially every time he's interacting with the flubber, he just gets really physical with it and, like, excited and jumping around and interacting with it in a way that's super creative. And then also when he's doing science, right? He's, like, he's in it and he's active. And I don't know. He was just such good casting for this. Um, And then the other casting thing that threw me off was that Will Wheaton is in this. And I know him from a bunch of stuff, but suddenly it was just like a teenage version of Will Wheaton. I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea he was in this movie. Um, but yeah, he was the he played the the kid that had gotten kicked off the basketball team because he got bad grades. I was just going to ask if that's who that was. That's who that was. Yep. Um, and then outside of that casting stuff, I was so surprised that the same basic premise from the absent minded professor in 1961. This is the same plot and the same premise. And there's not a lot of like changes to it. I mean, 
obviously the execution is way different but the core plot is the same um outside of adding a couple characters and so that's the main thing that also i wanted to call out is that um in the 1961 version flubber is like a substance and it's a it's a thing right in this 1997 version flubber is a character it has personality it moves it interacts it actually has like um i don't know if it's feelings is the right word but like reactions and kind of like a personhood to it and then they also added a completely new character called weebo who is like um robin williams assistant robot flying robot thing that he can like bounce off of so he has somebody to talk to in it, which basically takes the place of the dog from the 1960 version 61 version um and both of those are such good additions as characters and they're so much more like interactive with him as the professor which works for his acting style so yeah i i liked that a lot about this movie same <laughs> okay um moments uh getting into that so like like we said it's the same premise it's the same basic plot that we talked about last week so we don't necessarily need to hit on all of that again was there anything else that like jumped out at you that was really good in this one so i really liked i think they did a really great job with the animation for the flubber yes like it looked realistic whereas like well and some of so that's I'm going to jump in just because like that's one of those that I didn't find good information. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of hard history about this film. What I did see was I saw the edges around how hard it was for them to figure out how to like animate and do the graphics for Flubber in 1997 and make it like sell it as a thing that was real and had personality, but also interaction. Um, So that was one thing, but like I couldn't find the details, which is why I didn't put it in the history. I just know that a lot of work went into it. I mean, they did a really great job. Like some of the other animation is kind of questionable. Like the basketball yeah. looked fake at certain parts, so it was just like a little weird. Um, but they did. They spent. I think that's where the budget went is to animate the Flubber <laughs> and Robin Williams, probably. It's probably most of their budget. Yep. Um, but I did like that they like made him made the Flubber a character in it, so it wasn't just like an object. And then Weibo was great. Even though she, like, cause she's a robot, right? But she's also his, like, assistant and companion and yep. um, important to him. And uh, to the point where she, like, is more sentient than robot. Like, she's much more human than you would expect her to be. Um, and she even, like, falls in love with Robin Williams, which is both sad and precious at the same time. Yeah. Um. But she, the way that Weibo looked reminded me of this, like, there's this other movie from, like, I think the 80s, and I can't remember the name of it, but it had, like, the flying um, flying objects that looked just like Weibo, and I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Maybe somebody else will remember for me. But anyways, um, both amazing characters. Robin Williams, obviously, is incredible. He's such a great actor. Um he he killed that role like he made the professor likable which is great yes um the flying car was pretty cool i liked that it was uh, a thunderbird like they up they changed the model of the car which was really great obviously um but it was less ridiculous i guess yeah it made it more the car was much cooler than it was in the other movie yeah um, I also really liked the bad guys, even though they were like 
<laughs> because they just kept getting beat up and not even intentionally, right? When they get hit with a golf ball. Um, but also the dude who got hit with a bowling ball would have been dead. Just want to point that out. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a really good recurring bit. So they, one of the things he does in this is like to put flubber on things, he turns it into like a spray and like a gel so he can like rub it on an object you know and apply it to different surfaces so he applies it to a golf ball and he applies it to a bowling ball while he's doing early testing and both of them end up like flying out his window and they hit these bad guys who were spying on him and like go flying straight up into the air and then the whole rest of the movie because flubber never loses like it's um it always gains energy it doesn't lose energy those are flying up in the air straight up from his house and they keep falling back down like on his driveway and so i don't even remember how many different times those bad guys get hit by it but every time it just kind of works as a comedy moment because it is funny but it's just like it's the same premise as like what happens in home alone right like how many times yeah they would have died by getting hit in the face with objects it's the same thing because the guy getting hit in the face with that bowling ball would be dead <laughs> yeah but they're fine so it's okay yeah so it's funny um but also so uh shooter mcgavin that actor who plays he plays wilson who's the professor from redford the other college yeah he's so much worse than the one that was in the other movie (laughs) because when he shows up right the professor's like oh what are you doing here and he goes oh i'm here to steal your fiance obviously and i'm like well at least he's being totally straight with like what he's doing there yeah but also ew (laughs) also ew also not good um but he gets what's coming to him in the end right he gets he gets beat up by sarah which is fantastic yeah um the basketball team why (laughs) i i don't know they made it more over the top so in the first movie it's just like in the 1961 one it's these guys aren't as good as the other guys and they're losing in this one um it's like they're like half the height of the other team and they're all super nerdy with like the stereotypical nerd look and they're all just like bad at basketball it they just overemphasize the difference in a ridiculous way yeah like i mean in the other movie it was still like they still made it kind of obvious that the other team was like not great at medford but this one they made it like so much more obvious but like not in a good way (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's too much it leans too far into like it's i don't know it didn't work as well um, I also noticed that they didn't really focus too much on on like Will Wheaton's character, right? Like he got kicked off the basketball team for the same reason as they did in like the original one where like he failed and got kicked off the team. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, you were probably the best person on that team. <laughs> like, okay. Or maybe he could have yeah. totally sucked at basketball. <laughs> well, and in in the original version, it feels like kind of a B plot. In this one, it feels like a like a D plot. Like it's way buried in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, okay, I'm gonna say that like the part where Weibo dies still makes me emotional. I forgot about that part. Yeah, it works really well. Like they they convince you that that is a character that has like personhood by the time she dies, and so you like feel it because you get emotionally attached to her, right? Because she's very important to the professor, and yeah, she like tried to sabotage the wedding right between him between the professor and sarah because she has feelings for him but she realizes that like sarah is the person that he needs to be with and she intervenes 
to try to fix the situation right which she does so like now you're just like emotionally attached to her and then when she gets killed you're just like crying yeah but in in a way that it's a sad moment but it's like the fact that it's a sad moment is such a success of the film because they are able to convince you that she is a person for you to care about even though she's a flying robot with just a video screen exactly but she was one of the best parts of the movie too so it was perfect yeah and she's one of the only true additions to the movie a lot of the rest of it is just like recontextualizing for the late 90s instead of the early 60s mm-hmm. um Weibo is like really the only just pure addition you know that i can think of the the other thing with Weibo that i wanted to talk about was like the use of the video screen is done so well so she is like a little flying robot but she has a top that flips up and it has like a little um display on it that's just like a little square video screen and so a lot of what she does is she like expresses her emotions or her feelings or her reactions to stuff through video clips and it's just like two to five second clips and it's almost like the 1997 version of like sending your friend a gif right it's like the kind of stuff that you would shoot back and forth over text or like in slack and it's just you're pulling them off giphy or like whatever gif source that you have out there and that's what it feels like but like in the 1997 robot film version and it was just so cool to see how they did that it worked really well for me i wonder if they pulled some of the like inspiration for that from like bumblebee from like transformers because that's what bumblebee does right because like he can't talk so bumblebee uses the radio to communicate yes um that's a good point no i like that as like inspiration Mm -hmm. although that would be after right transformers is after this well i mean transformers did exist prior to this that's true as Um, like animation so yeah and so i like that a lot i like weebo as a character like we talked about um i also really like well, one thing that was just a quick hit here is that the science experiment that's set up when he's creating Flubber, those are a throwback, almost like one-to-one to the original movie. And I would never have caught it if I didn't literally watch these movies back-to-back. But, like, the lab setup is very, very close to the same to the 1961 movie, which I just thought was cool. It's a cool throwback that didn't need to be done, but they were obviously paying attention to the source material. That's really cool. Yeah, it was sweet. Um, And then the other thing that we have to talk about is the fact that, like, Flubber is a character. And so there's a whole dance sequence where Flubber divides into a bunch of smaller Flubbers. And then it does, like, a whole dance with other versions of itself. And that's a cool sequence. They did a really great job at, like, animating that part. It was really funny. And it was, like, a nice break from, like, all of the other stuff that was going on to just, like, focus on the Flubber. Yeah, and I bet that that sequence alone was probably the most, like, um, special effects intense of the entire movie. And they did it really well. Like, it seemed totally believable. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is Danny Elfman wrote the... I don't know if he wrote the whole score to this movie, but he wrote that song for sure. And he helped with a lot of the score. So... We've touched on his work before, but it's worth calling out that he definitely contributed to Flubber. It was because I forgot that he worked on this. So when the movie started, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely Danny Elfman. Because you can hear like some of the music is just very similar to some of the other stuff that he's done. So it like stands out. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, And then the other thing, I think we're getting kind of towards the end of the movie. I hit most of the points 
that I think we want to talk about. But they get married and like it's over video call because he's busy with his experiments, which is dumb. But I don't think that's legally binding, Katie. I don't think so either. I'm pretty sure that doesn't count. I did like, um, because Weibo died, but she gave him the plans to create her daughter, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like We Bet? Yeah, something like that. Um, Adorable. It's really cute. (laughs) Because when the car's flying away after they get married, and she was like, do I have to share a room with him when we get to Hawaii? Because I don't want to deal with that. She was like, he's (laughs) ridiculous. Like, the flubber is just ridiculous. I hope it's really hot in Hawaii and and the flubber melts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> almost dying yep. so good oh i liked it um so that probably gets us to the bad and the good do you have any bad for this one because i don't know if i do oh no i don't actually i mean i think the worst thing i can say about this movie to try to be fair and find something bad is that it might inspire people to go watch the 1961 version which is bad and you shouldn't do that just watch this one and feel okay about it um the good for this one i had a couple things i liked robin williams's performance a lot i'm sure that's on your list so i'll let you talk about that a little bit instead of me doing it um but the effects the animation and the character of flubber that's kind of like one of the standout things to me um i didn't even talk about one of the times when he's like right after he makes it and he's experimenting with it there's this part where he like grabs it and stretches it and then sticks his face into it and then pulls his face away and it leaves this little imprint in the flubber and then he like kind of moves his hands back and forth and like the face almost talks and it's just like the little things like that where the animators must have worked so hard to get those effects and i just i really appreciate it um and then Weibo, like we talked about in depth, that was really cool too. And the whole Flubber dance scene, right? So I guess for me, like the biggest standout thing is a lot of the animation and effects around Flubber and then just like Weibo and Robin Williams as people or characters. How about you? Um, Robin Williams obviously is amazing. He yeah. he brought a lot to the character, right? Like he made the character likable when he was just very not likable in the original one. Um, but... Robin Williams was just always such an incredible actor anyway, so it was it wasn't difficult to like stick him in a role like that and have it turn out to be amazing. Yes, agreed. Oh, I miss Robin Williams so much. <laughs> He's really good. Um, but Flubber also amazing, Weebo amazing. I really liked the quest to get Flubber back like after it got stolen. Like everything that they yeah. did at the house was really funny. Yeah, that was good. And that's part of the movie that kind of diverges more from the original, too. And I think in a good way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so would we watch it again? Sure. <laughs> I say yes. I think I'd watch this one again. Um, if you guys want to watch along with us, what we have coming up next, we're going to do Tomorrowland, which we had to move the date around a little bit, but we think it's next time. It was on Disney Plus, then it wasn't, and it looks like it's back. So we're going to try to do Tomorrowland um, from 2015, and then The Incredible Journey from 1963, uh, High School Musical 3 is coming up soon from 2008, and then 101 Dalmatians from 1996. Uh, and then we have more planned after that, of course. Don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts. We have streaming. We have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe because it's sent right to you. Which brings us to Weekly Geekery. What have you been up to, Katie? Um, still watching Once Upon a Time. Um, I'm trying okay. I'm trying to get to the episodes where like I haven't seen them. Um, How much farther do you have to go? Uh, I think after season four, maybe five. Okay. I'm on like, I'm halfway through season three. 
Sure. Um, the way, well, Once Upon a Time is set up weird because they do different themes for half the season. So, like, it's different every time. Like, it's from, like, the uh, season premiere to the winter finale is one thing. And then they switch it to something different for the second Interesting. Half. Yeah. Okay. So, like, season three is, like, a Neverland Peter Pan one. And then the second half is more, um, they introduce the Wicked Witch of the West. So it has like a Wizard of Oz theme going on for that half. Oh. Yeah. So I've seen those before, but my roommate hasn't. So she's seeing them for like the first time. Cool. So you're getting caught up on getting to new stuff soon. Yeah. Cause I stopped watching it after they introduced time travel again and I was just sort of over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to finish it, finish the whole, so the whole series so that I can say that I have. Um, and then today, even though this episode is going to be posted much later, Jungkook from BTS, his birthday is September 1st. Um, and I woke up this morning uh, early because I had an early meeting, but uh, Jungkook was live. He was doing a, a live stream for his birthday, but he started it at like 6.45 in the morning because 8 a.m. is midnight in Korea. Oh, okay. So for his birthday live stream, I watched the whole thing, and by the time it was finished, it, there were 20 million people watching it. Wow, that's a lot of people to get to just tune in if you're randomly talking about stuff for your birthday. Yeah, and it wasn't planned or anything. It just like happened. So like 20 million wow. people it tuned in at least at some point um, during the two hours, little over two hours that he was streaming. And during that time, he uh, he had asked on their like on their uh, social media platform called Weverse. It's like a place where you can talk directly to um like you can post stuff and then like the celebrities or like the artists can comment back on them. Okay. Um, he posted some stuff asking for like song lyrics um, to people to make up song lyrics for his birthday. And then during the live stream, he like made a song like right wow. there for everyone to see and listen to. Cool. Um, which was pretty cool. And then he ended up having like a mini concert after that. Like he was just like, he was like, what do you guys want me to sing? And so people would put names of BTS songs in the comments and he would sing them. So we ended up having like a <laughs> okay. mini concert with him. And then at midnight, his time, he sang to himself, happy birthday, blew out a candle and then continued on for another like 45 minutes going, <laughs> this is my last song. No, really, this is my last song. And then eventually he finished all right um, interesting that's cool it was super fun um and then there's just like so many this month has been full of nothing but like new k-pop albums coming out to the point where it's like overwhelming all the new music that's come out okay um like stray kids released their second full album um which was really really good and then um jb who's from got seven released his first solo album which was also super good and then there's like seven or eight other groups that i follow really closely that all released an album or they're going to be releasing one within the next like two weeks cool ridiculous (laughs) that's fun though right like it's better than the opposite it's it's the one thing about k-pop that i love is that there's something always happening like there's something always new getting released so you're never starved for new music ever yeah it seems like they release music way faster than western bands i was looking at it because chelsea and i on the k-pop show we do a like we do a monthly 
recap of our favorite albums that were released for the month and then at the end of the year yeah. we do like our favorite albums for the for the year and i was looking through my list and this was stray kids second album that they've released this year wow that's impressive yeah like they released an ep and now they're releasing an actual like full they released a full album cool very cool it's ridiculous <laughs> i love it yeah. but it's ridiculous <laughs> hey it's a hobby right it's good yeah um, for me, I, I've been playing a bunch of Final Fantasy 14 with my brother, which do you know much about Final Fantasy 14? Uh, only when you tell me about Final Fantasy. All right. Um, that's fair. So Final Fantasy 14 is like the MMO. There's a couple of them, but it's like the main MMO version. So like a World of Warcraft, right? Like mm-hmm. a persistent open world where, um, well, you run into other characters everywhere. Like you go to a main city, you look around and there's like hundreds of characters around you and they're all played by real people in real time, other places around the world. And um, so I've gotten into MMOs on and off over time. And uh, this is one of those where like the Final Fantasy 14, I've kind of dipped in and out of it when they release expansions because there's just a whole new block of content, right? And at this point, I'm really committed to like the story because each expansion is basically enough content to be equivalent to like a full final fantasy game which i love and so it's just like really good fantasy storytelling and um 14 does such a good job of throwing back to like all these other final fantasy inspirations because the main producer on the game just loves the whole series and so he finds ways to like pay homage to them and also to like incorporate them into this game and so it feels like such a an interesting final fantasy world to be in and so there's a a new expansion coming out in november and um i realized that i was a little bit behind on some of the like between the main expansions they release these patches of content that kind of bridge the gap right so you'll release an expansion they'll do like a couple patches in between for like a year year and a half and then they'll release another huge expansion and so i hadn't played any of the ones in between so i joined back up and i was kind of like working my way through the story that i had you know needed to catch up on and then as i was doing that i was talking to my brother and he's like oh should i get back into that game and try it so I told him if he tried it, like I was playing it right then so I could play with him. And so I've been like playing alongside him whenever he hits content that you're supposed to do as a group. So I'll jump in, we'll group together, and then we'll like run through the dungeon or the trial or like whatever the experience is together. And so that's been really fun because it's stuff that I've played in the past and experienced in the past, but now I get to like re-experience it alongside him and through his new perspective because he's never seen it before. So we've been doing that and then we're just doing other like random things in the game every day. Um, There's a bunch of like side games and side quests and other systems and all of these things in the game where like if you want it's whole other games within this game right and i won't dive into all of it here because there's a lot of detail but like for example there's a card game called triple triad which is like a mini game within this game if you want you could just spend like days and days only playing this card game inside of another game um and so on a given night we'll just kind of like jump on chat we'll be talking and like kind of like messing around with the systems in the game and it's just a really good excuse to like hang out and do something with him while we're talking and just like connecting every night or two so that's kind of what i've been doing with a lot of my time lately that's really awesome yeah yeah it's fun so it's mostly fun to do stuff like that with my brother but also it's nice to kind of get back to this game that you know i've been on again off again with like over time and right now i'm just on with it and i'm having a really good time in it nice 
Yeah. That's probably it for this week. Uh, you guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. And you can talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? Well, I mean, no more flubber movies still.